Hello and welcome back to the BeerWise podcast. This is the podcast that looks at what's going on in the world, BeerWise. back to the BeerWise podcast. I'm your host, Mark Denote. I'm the editor of Florida Beer News. In this episode, I'm joined by Kelly Hanseth of Lumberyard Brewing Company and Beaver Street Brewery in Flagstaff, Arizona. Kelly's parents, Winnie and Evan Hanseth, opened Beaver Street Brewery as Flagstaff's first craft brew pub in 1994. Kelly was a young girl when the brewery opened and has grown up with the brewery as her family's business. When the city of Flagstaff was looking for ideas on what to do with their historic lumberyard, the Hanseth family pitched the idea of turning the facility into a production brewery and restaurant. Lumberyard Brewing Company opened its doors in 2010 after the family had remodeled and converted the facility. Kelly's now the marketing manager for both breweries and the vice president of the Arizona Craft Brewers Guild. We discussed growing up with a brewery in the family, marketing for two breweries, and converting a lumberyard into a production brewery, as well as several other topics in this episode. Here's our conversation. Thank you very much for your hospitality last night at Lumberyard and today at... at Beaver Street. Beaver Street. Brewery. Beaver Street. Sorry. A lot of breweries. A lot of Lots breweries, of breweries. In, the, uh, in the last little bit. So I wanted to chat with you kind of about your origin story in craft beer. What brought you to decide that craft beer was the way, the way forward? And um, most people who own breweries didn't, you know, weren't born saying brewery ownership. That's what I'm going to be when I grow up. So how did you, how did you wind up in owning a craft brewery and, and getting everything started? Um, so it is a good story. Uh, so we, my parents started Beaver Street Brewery um, back in 1994 and we originally were from Southern California and we're living um, in Orange County. And my grandparents lived in Flagstaff. My mom grew up in Arizona her whole life, Tucson and Flagstaff. Um, so we wanted to move out of outside of LA and come back to Arizona okay. um, be closer to my grandparents and kind of get out of that scene. Um, so my dad is a mechanical engineer. My mom is a computer programmer. Um, so there wasn't really any jobs in Flagstaff for either of them at that time. Okay. Um, so they were looking into maybe opening up a motorcycle dealership, um, all these sorts of things. And my grandmother actually read an article in a Sunset magazine about up-and-coming breweries and how if you have a brew pub, um, you have a higher chance of being successful as a restaurant. Okay. So my parents, after the article, they read about it. They actually flew out to one of the very first craft brewers conferences in okay. New Orleans um, and learned kind of all about the breweries. Um, at that point, there's only 250 breweries in the whole U.S. Wow. When, when that was... In 19... 90, it would be like 93 when they were kind of wow. planning this okay. out, 1993. Okay. Um, so they loved it. They loved the whole idea of it. Sold the house in California. Moved out here. We lived with my grandparents for a while as we opened the brewery. Um, so back in 94. And then that was the first brewery in, in Flagstaff in the area. It was the first brewery in Flagstaff. I always give credit. Me, uh, Beaver Street Brewery and Flag Brewery were all building out at the same time. But okay. we beat them to the punch by a couple months. Okay. And what was what is your... So how old were you when the brewery opened? I had my seventh birthday in Beaver Street the week before we opened it. So what are your... <laughs> What was what is your best memory of the brewery growing up? Um, it was just being you know inside of it. Like I grew up in this brewery. My you know parents were owning a restaurant and a brewery, so we were here a lot. My sister and I. 
way. Um, you know, we had bus tables, we'd seat tables as we were little, um, play games in the office, whatever it may be. Um, and then eventually, you know, once we became old enough, we were on the schedule, host busing, serving, kind of from the bottom up, learned the whole business. Okay. And what is... What's your favorite memory growing up of the brewery? One of my favorite ones, um, you know, besides playing jokes on servers, they, that was always <laughs> fun, untying their aprons. Um, but I had a, my birthday is in February, and it was one of the days we, I got a bike for my birthday, and I couldn't ride it outside because it was a big snow. I had a snow day on my birthday, so that was exciting too. But okay. we had a banquet room at the time, and so I got to ride my bike around the banquet room <laughs> up for my birthday, which was always a lot of fun too. Okay. Um, okay, that's not, not, <laughs> not common, very related, but, but. <laughs> no, no. well, no, but that's. I mean, your family's that's your family owned the business, and that's part of the fun of the small business ownership. Um, what uh, so. Beaver Street Brewing has been going for a while, and then how did Lumberyard come along? So Lumberyard came along because we were at capacity at Beaver Street. We couldn't brew any more beer. We have a 10-barrel brew system, 10-barrel fermenters. We were able to just to serve enough beer to serve at the restaurant. Um, so we were looking into distributing um, and trying to figure out how we could possibly do that. Um, I was in college at that time when my parents were planning on kind of figuring that out and toured a bunch of different you know, locations around Flagstaff, different warehouses where maybe we could just have a distribution brewery, like a production facility. Um, you know, nothing really sparks their eye or can find exactly what fits. And then the city actually put out a request for proposal on our old lumberyard building okay. um, in Flagstaff that had been sitting empty for 10 years. Um, and it was just abandoned. Um, so they wanted someone to come in, rehabilitate it, and give it some new life and new purpose. So we, fil we filled out the request for proposal in one. The breweries are only a block away from each other, but the location that we have at Lumberyard, it needed to have a restaurant as well um, because it's just such a prominent area in downtown Flagstaff. We couldn't just do a production brewery there. Okay. We really felt like we needed to have a restaurant attached to it. Okay, that was and that was my follow-up question was because... The, so did the bur did the business suffer? I mean, that was going to be your production facility. So did you have to scale down production to add the the restaurant component? Um, we, since we rehabilitated the building, we literally took it down to just the brick walls. We had to take the whole roof off the building, um, restructure all the trusses, and re pretty much put the building all back together. Wow. Um, so when we did that, you know, we had a restaurant planned out, and we thought it was just going to be a little restaurant, drink a lot of beer, eat a little food. Drink a lot of beer, drink, eat a lot of food. Now, okay. So. <laughs> okay. And so, how do you? So then, how do you differentiate the two breweries being being so close yet serving different beers, different beer, different bar staff? How do you create that? kind of different culture, or do you? Um, we do slightly. So, you know, Lumberyard is more of, to me, like more of the college hangout. It's a little bit like lighter atmosphere. We have more of the tall tables in there. Okay. A little bit more, you know, you're meeting up with your friends, community hub. Um, whereas Beaver Street, we always say, is more of like your date night place. So we have a little bit more upscale menu items on our okay. menu. We also have a wood-fired pizza oven at Beaver Street Brewery. Um, so it's kind of how we have a full different menu over there and a little different focus on what we serve and it's more of like that homey kind of like warm feeling okay okay so so you got so now the two different facilities I want to go I think I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the remodel and making a lumber yard into a brewery yeah because that sounds like a monumental undertaking it, it was I mean the city gave us a really good deal on a lease we have a 50-year lease over there with a good deal 
Um, but with that, we had to put our money into the building. Sure. Um, so it was, you know, working with one of our really good contractors in Flagstaff, um, Levin Contracting, and he really like steered us and helped us figure out how to do it. Um, he had a really good guy working for us, for him at the time, where figuring out the exact mortar to put in the bricks that, you know, mimics the old mortar. Because we had to pretty much, you know, restructure the walls to make sure that they were still standing. Okay. Um, and then, you know, putting the building back together, you know, all the, the whole brick walls could fall down, that building will still stay standing, like with okay. how much structure is actually built in it to keep it up. Um, and we have, you know, some before and after photos hanging up in our bathroom hallway. Of, it was it was pretty trashed. It had been sitting <laughs> by itself for a long time, and it was an old building. Yeah. Um, so being able to, you know, we were able to use the shell of the building to kind of create the spaces that we needed to, because we pretty much took it completely down okay. and then rebuilt it back up. Okay. And then from, so how did you, how do you tell the story of the lumber yard? Because what, what, it, that's, I mean, you're going back to, that building goes back to the, the pioneer days yeah, of 1890s, of yeah. So, so uh, how do you, how do you give it the 1890 feel? You know, it kind of does it itself with the, once again, the brick walls um, are there and you have the really high ceilings, um, the old glue lamb structure, and we actually reuse a lot of the materials into okay. our building process. So our booths are made out of the lumber that we had in that building. Um, we use the old roofing material um, on some of our walls okay. and like in our partitions to kind of, you know, reuse, give it that kind of feel, reusing all the materials that we had on hand to kind of create that area. Um, and, you know, when lumber or the lumber area was happening in Flagstaff, it was a big community hub. Like the lumber yard, you know, is your community hub. Okay. That's where people would go. So to us, like you, we recreated that community hub by putting a brewery in it for people to come in and meet and talk and get together. Very cool. Very cool. So then what is, so then how did, how did that brewery, because that's now your production facility and it's where your cans come from. How did you uh, decide that you needed to go into distribution? Was that, when did you decide to go into, you needed to go into distribution? Um, since, you know, it was in planning when we built that building, we'd already had plans to be a distribution. We already had a distribution partner at the time. Um, this was back in 2010 before, you know, the craft beer really got flooded. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we had a good timing into getting in with a distribution partner okay. um, and be able to build on the beers that we had already brewed at Beaver Streets. Um, so we, you know, it was a tough kind of switch from switching from the Beaver Street Brewery Band to we thought Lumberyard was such a good name. We couldn't not use that yeah. name for our distribution beers. Um, so we had a, you know, little a bit of training of customers of like, no, this is Beaver Street Brewery's beer. Now it's Lumberyard. Like these are still your beers that you love um, and to get them out into the market that way um, and you know we've we still have our um, Railhead Red and our Flagstaff IPA which were the first two beers we started distributing okay. um, they're still going strong Flagstaff IPA is still our number one seller um, distribution wise uh, Red is having a resurgence we redesigned that can to actually have like downtown Flagstaff on the can as well and that kind of I think has really helped build that brand back up okay. um, to remind people of Flagstaff okay. um, and then you know we have our well, always have to come up with something new, right, in the yep. beer world. Yep. <laughs> Hazy's. Yep. Then Hazy's came into the world. So we have our Hazy Angel IPA, okay. um, which, you know, is now our most popular beer we serve over the bar at Lumberyard. And it's slowly, like, gaining ground in the distribution world as well. Okay. Um, so we're coming out with a Welcome to Flagstaff 
pack. Okay. Um, it's going to be an IPA pack, which has the hazy IPA and the Flagstaff IPA in it. Um, more of that whole view of like when you're driving into Flag, you get the peaks and the highway. Okay. Um, so we're kind of bringing everyone's eye to that and really celebrating Flagstaff as a whole. Okay. And, and you were showing me the, the mock-up of the can, and it has pieces of Flagstaff and what the city's known for right there on the label. Yeah, that's our First Light Lager can. Oh, sorry. It's okay. Is that going to be in the mix pack? That one's not, Because no. it's not an IPA, and yeah. it's not an IPA pack. Not an IPA, yeah. I was excited. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> but our First Light Lager, you know, is to celebrate Flagstaff as well. We put little Easter eggs on all the cans. We have a little camper and little runners and, you know, a little mountain biker, everything that Flagstaff celebrates, um, okay. including the... International Dark Sky City, you know, the node to the first light and, you know, some stars, being able to see the stars in the night sky. Okay. What's next? So two locations, distribution, um, hazy IPAs. Twenty tw- we're in 2023. How do you go forward? So what's the next what's the next big thing for Lumberyard? Beaver that Street? is such a good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we actually were talking about a little bit yesterday, trying to brainstorm what could be next. And, you know, it's the market changes so much and people's beer taste changes so much in the time frame. We're really looking at what our customers want and what our customers drink to kind of figure out what we want to do next. OK, um, so, you know, it's running the numbers, talking to people, kind of see, try and throw in some things out there, seeing what is well, you know, received by our clients yeah. and our customers. And what is that? Excellent question. Okay. <laughs> We're still in the process okay. of figuring okay. that one out. Okay. We, Just, we talked, what about a hazy pale ale or a hazy, a lighter hazy IPA, something like that. Um, we are brewing an Australian pale ale right now. Okay. Um, with New Zealand hops, which is kind of fun. So that will be out this spring, kind of as a next seasonal, um, something a little different, a little more play on the hops, which okay. is fun. That's cool. That's cool. And then where... How far are you distributed right now? I'm just in Arizona. Yeah. Okay. That we at this time, you know, we talked about possibly going out of state at one point, but um, with the mar- where the market is now, I think Arizona. We want to make sure we're solid in Arizona before we make any decisions on that. Okay. And how did COVID? How did COVID change your? Um, your business model in terms of cans and distribution, did it shift your mix over towards cans more? Did it, um, were you doing a robust growler business? Did that, um, and did any of that stick around that's Um, around now? Growlers definitely took off during COVID, that's for sure. We had to, um, lots of growler sales over the bar, more than we normally do. Um, On the distribution side of it, cans definitely, you know, were what kept the brewery flowing and the beer being made. Um, Being able to have those distribution points in Arizona was huge. Okay. Um, To be able to keep that going. A lot of it has kind of, you know, on the bar side of it and the restaurant side has gone back to normal. We sell a lot, you know, people are drinking at the bar. They're not necessarily taking it home like they used to or during that time period. Okay. Um, but, you know, I think on the distribution side of it, it still is a lot of can base. A lot of, you know, restaurants haven't, you know, re-expanded their beer lists back out. They're, you know, kind of keeping them a little bit smaller and refocusing on what they need. Um, So that's, you know, something that we definitely seen in our draft business is seeing a little bit of dip and trying to, it's a harder fight for those top handles than it was before. Absolutely. And then are you, are you shifting the size of your cans at all? Because I noticed you had 16s and 12s. Yep. We, you know, we started 12s. We switched um, a couple cans over to 16s and now we're seeing 12s kind of come back again. So we're actually kind of making that transition back to the 12s. Okay. So then, um, okay. Okay. Well, I want to be conscious of your time and um, I want to not take up too much more of it, but I do usually end each podcast with six quick questions in a six pack if you're game. Yep. I'm game. Okay. Okay. 
So first question, what is your current favorite beer? Our Hazy Angel IPA. Okay. If you could only brew or drink one style, what would it be? that's a tough one I you know one style it might be a lager because it's just a little easier to drink all the time Um, you know don't have to think about it be a tough one though I'd miss my IPAs okay okay what's the last beer you had that changed your mind honestly my most the one beer that I always remember was at a craft brewers conference and a collaboration seminar where we were trying Sierra Nevada was hosting it and they made a coffee IPA with a local coffee shop. That beer I still remember to this day and I have never had a beer like it ever since. Okay. That that is that is one unique style that that shouldn't go together. No. But it you wouldn't does. think but it was it's, so good. Yeah. I've had a couple of those. They're weird but they're they're <laughs> interesting. Um, when it comes to beer, what do you wish you really understood? I wish I understood more of the science behind it. How different, you know, yeasts affect different things. You know, that's something that I haven't necessarily delved into myself. Okay. Next question. What do you wish people knew about your brewery? I wish people knew how much we supported our community. Okay. And um, that's something, you know, we don't necessarily talk about a lot, but we support, you know, so many things in Flagstaff, whether it's Camp Colton or High Country Humane or all these great charities that are Flagstaff-based that make Flagstaff what it is that okay. we try to support. And, you know, having people really understand how that connection works throughout the Flagstaff community would be really cool. Cool. And then last question, what's the greatest lesson you've learned in beer? The greatest lesson is you never know everything. I think okay. that you, there's always more to learn. Okay. Okay, great in, in beer as in life. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much for your time. I appreciate your hospitality. That was my conversation with Kelly Hanseth of Beaver Street Brewery and Lumberyard Brewing Company. My thanks to Kelly and the team at both Lumberyard and Beaver Street for their hospitality during my recent visit. My thanks also to Meg and the team at Visit Flagstaff for their energy and passion for their fine city. Their time and their hospitality was awesome. And if you ever find yourself in Flagstaff, Arizona, don't miss Beaver Street Brewery, Lumberyard Brewing Company, or any of the other fine breweries in the town, several of which you'll be able to read about in the Floridian and Flagstaff series of articles. In transparency, this podcast is the result of a sponsored media trip courtesy of Visit Flagstaff. Are there any guests you want to hear on the show? Reach out. I'm on social media at FLBeerNews or mark at FloridaBeerNews.com and let me know your opinion and who who you think should be on the show. Please remember to like, subscribe, and follow BeerWise on your favorite podcast platform. It really helps. And don't miss an episode. Also, please remember to review the show on your favorite podcast platform. That helps us grow and reach new audiences. If you'd like to reach potential customers by advertising on the BeerWise podcast, please reach out to me on social media or the aforementioned email of mark at floridabeernews.com. Or you can go to contact us at floridabeernews.com on the website. That's all for now. Until next time, when I'll be back to talk about what's going on in the world, beer-wise. Cheers. Cheers.